Good day and welcome. It is the Front Runner Football Podcast and it happens to be the last one for the year as we reflect on what's been happening throughout 2018 as far as local football is concerned. I have two gents joining me, Veli. You and I have done this before. Brian, good to see you. It's been a long time. Are you Thanks, well? Kamsa. Yeah, yeah. Good old <laughs> Finally, Kamsa. I get to sit with you. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is weird. Someone's head between Randburg and Auckland Park is exploding right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can decide where that's happening, but someone's head is exploding as to how this came to happen. Gentlemen, <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, okay. <laughs> but, but we go back. Eh? We, we go back with Veli. I mean, it yeah, of course. We, you guys. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> More than... No, no, no. Not just 10 years. Over 10 years. Over 10 years. Oh, 10 years. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, that's good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm uh, so as almost two decades here, now. There yeah. we go. So yeah. between you, we have a lot of history, a lot of knowledge, especially looking back on the last year. And I guess I mean the, the biggest hot topic now because we're about to get into the off season, things mm-hmm. are about quieting mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a big decisions that need to be made by our local footballing federations. Um, the murmurs about the Afcon coming to SA next year. Uh, Veli, you weren't here when we discussed it the last time. What's your thoughts? Good idea, bad idea? Do we need it? Don't we need it? Are the, do the good options weigh out the bad options? What's your take on the matter? Look, uh, comes uh, the latest um, regarding this is that there are only two bids um, that are confirmed by deadline time this past weekend, um, South Africa and Egypt. And Egypt, they were not showing any interest. But after um, the communique coming from Morocco that they won't be bidding, um, Egypt, just two days before uh, the deadline, <laughs> they submitted yeah. a bid, you know. So what is important is that we have to understand why we've, uh, we see ourselves in this situation. Uh, KEF decided to take the tournament away from, Moro- uh, from Cameroon, Cameroon yeah. um, citing lack of preparedness and also the issues of security mm-hmm. um, as one of the reasons that they're taking this tournament away. And also, this is for the first time um, you are going to have 24 teams uh, in, 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 a, in an AFCON tournament. Right. So, which places KEF in a critical situation um, because it means that they need a country that is at that level in terms of hosting events yeah. and that has got that history. So, many believe that... Uh, only South Africa and maybe some of the North African countries uh, like your Morocco and your Egypt c- can do that. Mm. And they're, they're, I, I just have uh, some reservations about Egypt, not because we're beating against them, mm. but the ultras, you know. Yeah. Uh, you have a situation where um, even now you have to control the number of fans who attend the games right. uh, yeah. in Egypt. Mm. I, I just don't feel that uh, Egypt is the right place for especially for 24 teams. So you're saying yeah. that our low attendance is going to actually work in our favor? Because we don't have ultras in this country. Just to come in there, I think I think I think you know something where we agree with Veli as well is the fact that if you look at the fact that some matches for Libya have to be played outside of Libya for yeah. the qualifiers, yeah. <laughs> there's been the same situation. Tunisia has been the more stable of the countries in the northern side that have been able to host matches and so forth. And I believe that the Egyptian situation is not 100% at the moment. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and and that for me is very critical. Okay. Because if you're bringing in new, if you're bringing people into your country, you need to make sure that safety issues are dealt with. You already left Cameroon for safety issues. Mm. So you can't bring a tournament to a country that is currently unstable. You're going to have the That's same issues one. that you were trying number to avoid. Number two yeah. also, I think, when if, if you look back, when Cameroon bid it for the AFCON, 
Mm-hmm. It was a 16-team AFCON. Yeah. No, no, 24-team mm. AFCON. Yeah. They found themselves slightly wanting and stretched a bit because sure. now they had to start adjusting certain things to try and, and, and suit a 24-team AFCON, which already the 16-team AFCON was a challenge to them already from a preparedness mm. point of view. So mm. you're just really pushing it too far. And I think also, Kef, we have to look at the way Kef dealt with this. These things were, these flags were raised way back yeah. about the preparedness yeah. of Cameroon. Mm. And they kept on sticking and saying they will host the tournament nonetheless. The same issues are raised also in a women's tournament. Ghana issues were also raised around Ghana, but eventually gave Ghana and gave them the go ahead to, mm. to host the tournament. But a 24 tournament, 24 team tournament is no child's play. Yeah, course. and I also think that uh, to support what Brian is talking about, I'm not sure if the way Kef went about to introduce this, they did it the right way. Mm. Because, you know, for a big tournament like this, when you're going to um, increase from 16 to 24 teams, sure. you first at least need to do a feasibility study. Yes. You know, um, and okay, you look at the viability of this thing and okay, then how many countries? Mm. Because now, the, uh, you know, most African countries struggle with issues of infrastructure sure. and, and all those things. Now what they've done, not only have they taken this tournament from Cameroon, they've now guaranteed 2021 to Cameroon and 2021 was supposed to be going to Cote d'Ivoire. Yeah. And 2023 is supposed to be going to Guinea Conakry. But now they are saying they know nothing about uh, Guinea. They've never seen even the bit of Guinea. And now Cote d'Ivoire is taking this case to Court of Arbitration for, uh, for Sport. Sure. You know, CAS sure. um, in Switzerland because they're contesting that, no, but you can't just take a tournament away from us. Yes. You know, so the way... But that's weird. I mean, leadership. You, you take something away from someone as yes. a form of punishment in inverted commas and then you reward them by giving them the next one without even consulting the stakeholders that are then affected exactly you know <laughs> that is that calf that sums up calf in in a sentence yeah much. no you know many felt okay when isa had to um left this seat last year many felt that okay this things is a new change, yeah. things mm-hmm. will change and look to their credit there are things that have improved right slightly what's so, the biggest uh, improvement yeah. for you in your mind um quickly when you look at how they are running the CAF uh, interclub competitions, uh, the Champions League, mm. and also the the, the CAF Confed, right. there are just some few things um, right. that you can say, okay, there's improvement here. Right. Yeah. But I, I, I think... But some old habits I, I, are creeping I, yeah, in. Yeah, I, I still feel the, the decision-making, mm. um, there's something totally wrong there. Also, there's some positive to take out. I mean, as, as Veli is talking about, if you look at the price money, mm. has been increased also. I mean, it's been a while. We never saw a, a huge price increase yeah. in, in, in these uh, these tournaments. Yeah. And also the AFCON. The AFCON is supposed to be the prestige of the African continent. Sure. You know, everybody's supposed to want to play in AFCON more than you playing because you're forced to play because your national team is playing. Mm. Hence, you force off, for example, some nations will eventually arrive then leave very early with the best players in the world. Unless they have a build-up to a, a big peak event, your World Cup, your Olympics, that's when they'll stay the whole of nine yards and already play the whole tournament yeah. eventually coming to the end. So yeah. I think that there are some positives you take from this. But, you know, administration, we can still improve. Mm. There's a lot of improvement. Uh, we need to come go through. And I, and I just hope that they find a suitable solution now in the Cameroon and Cote d'Ivoire issue before it also spills out and becomes another situation of Africa failing its own again. Yeah, mm. there we go. Let's hope it does work out in, far, in terms of a firm decision as to who's hosting the next one and an admirable decision for everybody uh, as to the next one. And let's hope that African administrators can look like administrators and and look like they know what they're doing because I think it's always in question as to the decisions that are being made. Very interesting when you talk about uh, 
uh, the African football administrators this past weekend, just yesterday. Yes. Um, Zimbabwe Football Association, ZIFA, has got a new president. Um, Mr. Sunglasses, uh, Philip Chiangwa, who also happens to be the Kosafa president, yeah. is history as far as Zimbabwean football is concerned. Huh. He lost yesterday uh, in a bruising, bruising um, election mm. that took place uh, in Harare, I think. And um, there's a new president, and uh, his name is, I'll give his name now, it's uh, Mr. Felton Kamambo. Uh, Mr. Felton Kamambo is the new president. 30, I think it was 34-25. Yeah, okay. that, yeah, that was the margin um, of, of the loss yesterday. So if you don't know Mr. Chiangwa, Mr. Chiangwa was instrumental in getting the current CAF president to that seat. Right. Because he was his chief campaigner uh, to, to, to oust a higher toll. Yeah. But just less than two years... He's no longer the president. But you, and and, 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 and the, there are rumors that uh, Ahmed Ahmed hmm. was behind his ousting. Really? You, you, know, you know, if you go back to, I remember when you were sitting in Mauritius. Yes. Was sitting, was sitting with some people from Zifa at the under-20, under-17 tournament. Yes. Where, where Mr. Ahmed Ahmed came yes. to make an address also. Yes. To talk about certain things. And he also made some very scathing allegations in a particular conversation. We was talking about some administrators within the, the, the Kosafa region who opted to to vote as when he came to the World Cup bid uh-huh. for 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 not Kosafa opted to pull out and vote for somebody else as versus to vote for their own in the continent because right. they were the Morocco issue and the US issue and stuff like mm. that it came up. Mm. But then the guys that are talking were there. The re- one of the reasons why we didn't have the president of the Kosafa at the closing was because he was beating, he was fighting elections, coming elections. Yes, yes. There yes, was there yes. was something outside of this. Because and, it's and also is, um, a Senate member for ZANU-PF. Yeah. Ah. Yes. So the problem was, then there was a huge concern within ZIFA to say, is football taking a backseat with his ambition politically being the one that's driving everything else? Mm. And that's where the issues were coming mm. up from that part. Mm. And also that you are the leader of Kosafa. They're no longer present at all Kosafa events. Mm-hmm. Every time mm-hmm. they clashes with elections that are political issues in the country, you put that as a second, you only make the political stuff as a primary because he missed that uh, the, the, the under 17. He missed the recent one, the under 20 tournament also that was played now in Zambia, uh, whereby it was the second end actually to come in. It was the first president of the team, one of uh, some of the board members or the executive members had to sit in, including Timothy uh, Shongwe, right. the chairperson head mm. of our competitions. We also had uh, Riggs Mwemba, we had to sit in also to be part of the setup to make sure that they'll be represented as Kosafa from an executive point of view in a tournament which has been run by them, where the president is not present for for third tournament in a row. Mm. He actually mm. was in a PE one because he arrived in a PE one yeah, the day yeah, before when they gave a commitment to bring the tournament back to PE. Mm. Mm. But the other two, the under 17s and the under 20s, he missed both those. And those were all during some crucial campaigning time for political for elections in Zimbabwe. It's interesting. So it seems like Carlton well, Kamamba has done him a favor. Look, listening, <laughs> lis, lis, listening to some colleagues mm. um, from the other side of the Limpopo River, mm. uh, listening to them, they feel that uh, Felton Kamambo is a true football person. A person, yes. And having him there 
uh, there are a lot of things that they feel they were not going right. Yeah. You know, so and I mean, how many times do we hear that yes, story about and, football people yes, for football problems? Exactly, and we, we, we don't see that all the yeah, time. Yeah, you know, from a distance, we can say whatever I want to say in South Africa. You know, but if Zimbabweans, Zimbabweans voted yesterday, you know, and that decision needs to be respected. Mm. But history will also record that it was under Chiangwa um, that Zimbabwe got to play in the Afcon. Yeah. Um, after ten years the team mm. having not qualified for afcon mm. even now they are on the verge of qualifying for the afcon now and it was under chiangwa sure um the women's team also got to play in the olympics um the, it's also been been improving but there are also a lot of things um in zimbabwean football that have not been going right, right. You know? so we should credit him for this but i think now the issue now brian becomes now if you're not an fa president at home, your power now at Kosafa. <laughs> I think that's still to need to be contested. That's another debate that's going to come up because yeah. I, I, I also, I found his absence at the under-17 tournament in, in Mauritius and also under-20 now in Zambia. I found that to me to be something that I didn't understand. Yeah. That, you know, the president is not here for both these So do you think the trend is that, you know, now Zifa... And it's going to end up being Kasafa that he yeah, can't. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's how football works. Yeah. But, you know, his predecessor, um, Sukoto Patel, yeah. he was the vice president at KEF and Kosafa president. And I don't recall a tournament where Sukoto Patel would be missing. Sure. Especially, you know, a president, you have to see him at least during the final or yeah. days leading to the final. Sure. You know, so... That one is not negotiable because yeah. look, this is a regional tournament. Um, we're not talking about people who are playing week in, week out. You cannot tell me that you are missing two crucial yes. tournaments. And that also was very and important. Under 17 was also a feeder to a to a, to Afcon qualifier. Exactly, it was being utilized utilized as a regional qualifiers for the Afcon in Tanzania. Right, and you you wanted to be seen there, especially given the fact the president of KEF was part of that team that are sitting there watching the tournament mm, itself. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, what did he say? Because if the mother body of the continent, the president of the mother body of the continent is sitting there watching the tournament mm. and got there from the same is onwards until to the end of the tournament right. and was there for a prize giving as well. And you as a president of the region that is contesting yes. a place in the tournament itself yes. is not there. So that for me was something that I got worried about. But also, you have to, I mean, Villa's talking about the accolades that Zimbabwe has achieved under his, under his tutelage of leadership. I mean, I was talking about the final where Begitemba and Lovis team got to the final against Amajita, yeah. where they lost on penalties. That's an improved team versus the one they played last mm. year. Mm. Last year, Zimbabwe knocked out in the group stages. They were nowhere to be seen. Mm. They looked slightly better. Yeah. They were more organized. They arrived early. They were fresh. They knew what they were doing. And I still spoke to him and I said, it's the dawn of a new era in Zimbabwe. And he was laughing and said, watch the space. So now the space has been confirmed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're watching, and yeah. we're watching. Speaking of presidents, uh, let's bring it back home now um, to everyone's favorite president, Danny Yodan, Doctor Yen, Danny Yodan. Um, we know the likes of Ace were trying to unseat him. Um, that didn't happen. Danny is still seemingly enjoying the popularity and the trust of those who vote him into power. Is that trust justified or misplaced? You have to understand how football works. And I always say this thing, um, even last year, leading to the 2017 
um, ANC elective congress, um, we are all outside, you know, and this is not about the fifty six or fifty five million South Africans mm. voting. No, no, no. It's the ANC membership. Sure. And not even all the ANC members, even the card carrying members, mm. um, are voting there. Yeah. So even even here, you are talking about the fifty two um of 53 suffer regions including its special member the PSL and associate member we can say anything we want to say and all these other issues that people can bring but when it matters most it's down to those candidates uh, um, it's down to d- those delegates, yes, delegates uh, yeah. who are representing uh, that, that that constituency. So coming with a mandate from the constituency. Yes, yes. But you, you have to understand that you in football it's easy to have a situation where you have the same person who voted twelve years ago voting again even this year. You understand? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. sometimes I feel that our people don't get this thing, mm-hmm. and you see, Kamza. We can all have these concerns, but our people have to understand if you are serious about meaningful change that you want to make in football, mm. be involved in the local structures. Be involved in the local structures because this SAFA doesn't just exist there in Nazareth. No, 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 no. Yeah. SAFA is coming from SAFA Buffalo City in East London um, area where I come from. Mm. You know, uh, there's SAFA Soweto, there's SAFA Bembe, there's um, SAFA Harib, you know. And you find that most people, they're not even involved in football teams in their own street. Right, right. You know, but you want to have an opinion mm. on what is happening. But it, it is easy. So I always say, if you want change in football, infiltrate the structures. Right there. If there's hundreds of us, mm. uh, I come from Soweto, there's hundreds of us, and we join a local structure. Surely we can change the perception and even the way of thinking uh, about that. So just to go back to the issue of Tini, if you look at the numbers mm. um, that he was getting inside, it meant that the people who are there inside at Safa are happy with him. Are comfortable. Mm. Mm. And, mm. and also, I mean, to come into that, I mean, if you look at, you see, sometimes when you say, if he's not broken, don't fix it. Mm. I think that's one of the things that's worked in his favor. Okay. He has had the national teams doing well. You know, they've done very well in the last two years or so. Yeah. I mean, Banyana's glory moment to where they are at the moment, in the 20s um, uh, that have done very well under under your Tabo Sinons, qualifying for the World Cup, qualifying for the AFCON, being able to play there. The under 17 Sanamuli Finseki doing well also. Uh, you can talk also about the under 17 of the women managed to qualify for their second World Cup. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 those things came under his leadership. So when you look at it and say, okay, Baba Fana, all the other teams within the yeah. structure of Safa have done very well. You say that, but I mean, it, in a sense, public perception would judge him on the Bafana mandate, surely. No, I, I don't think that is... That, Fair. That is, no, no, I, I don't think that is right. And, yeah. and, and, yeah. and, and I see, agree with you. Yes, it, it, the, 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 the platform, yeah. the platform that we're having, our people, uh, Kamza, and I, I still have this strong feeling that we have that mentality um, that we're away from international football for a very long time. And when you look... Or when you even just check at the, the mindset of our people, it is not that mindset of nationalism. Yeah, 
um, you know the patriotism that you find in in cricket and rugby fans mm, you don't mm, find mm, in, in in football in fans football. Uh, with football fans it's always about uh, their Kaiser Chiefs their Alan Parrots or even their Sundowns mm. you know and this influences also how they view the the, the the national teams right. because you cannot tell me like just Brian is saying let let me give you the context of this thing uh, the national under 23 under 20 team mm. had not been uh, to the world cup and even the afcon since 2009 mm. but as soon as uh, the new executive of tenjo done in 2013 came they qualified for the afcon um they were also in the under 20 world cup for the first time since 2009 last year mm. under 23 they had not been to the olympics since 2000 right yeah, yeah. two years ago they were in rio yeah and the the, the women's team banyana banyana they were there for the second time you know the under 17 had not been to the world cup you know but in 2015 they they, they were they, they went to, to mm-hmm. the world cup mm-hmm. banyana have never qualified before for the world cup and now they'll be going to their first world cup hmm. you know um next thing. so now yes uh, but i just want brian to continue because with all these positives but i will also give you where i feel that uh, president jordan and his team yeah. have not been effective okay so before we hand it over to brian do the positives outweigh the negatives in your mind if you're a football person a true football person you'll understand that the positives that the positives there's more positives than negatives the, the only blemish for me the mm. only blemish mm. and i continue to say this thing and even suffer mm. uh, they are in the process um, of correcting this thing because now i understand that they're talking to safka about uh, introducing a technical authority technically Safa is poor. Mm. On technical matters is very poor. Mm. And in fact, what is happening there at Safa is also a reflection of what is happening in our football. Sure. Because when you look at most of the PSL clubs, yeah. Um technically no, 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 not at all. You see the appointment of the Bafana coach. Um if you look at the criteria that they had set last year mm-hmm. and they came up and said this is the type of a coach they're looking for mm-hmm. uh, must have qualified they end up not getting the desired person all right then that tells you of an organization um that is not strong on technical matters right uh, i've been on this platform i don't want to talk about the technical director you know because i feel you know there you know i i don't i don't, I don't do go but you see we are a, make no mistake south africa is a, a big football association uh, on the continent and even a fifa when they consider bringing some a lot of things to africa mm. they always look at and 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 i feel that uh, on technical leadership Safa is lacking right. and the sooner they address that the better because some of the shortcomings that were seen in the senior team It, 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 it all goes down to that you know you know you know, you know when you talk about technical stuff visa I, will, i always go back to looking at the continuity because when you have a, a technical sound setup you'll have a vision you'll have a dream that will be written and a white paper how, and how a white so paper, white paper that, you, that everybody will, will 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 look at exactly you know i was looking at the under 17 team and look at how many you know you know we used to have this graduation that will move from under 17 to yes. under 20 That I saw now in this tournament that I was in now in Zambia. Mm-hmm. Stop. 
Yeah. That the players that played in the 17 level at the Kosafa now in July, in Mauritius, did not go into the under 20 now in December. Where did they go? And understand the reason why that happened. Yeah. It is because the coach of the under 20s only has the month of December and January to prepare for the AFCON coming up in, in February. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean, if, there's have, white, if there's a white paper that prescribes a philosophy for the, all the levels, yes. surely it should be, it should go that from that someone plays in 17, that can play in 20. That is why I'm agreeing with, with Velilia's technical yeah. side because mm. the coach of the under 20s yeah. had, had to go out, identify talent, and bring the talent to the under 20s again. Because from the players that played last year in the tournament that was played in Zambia, that they yeah. won. Yeah. Only four players returned hmm. to the tournament that we played now in Zambia this year. Mm. I can count them. It was Ngobo, Mudise, the Foster. goalkeeper, Foster, and, and those are the only ones. And mm. Give Mokupe played in the 2016 edition mm. and they returned mm. to the squad this year. So the only players who had experience enough to play that level were four players. Mm. And they mm. played all the matches in the tournament this year. Mm. The others were all, the others either just gone out of 20 or are not being given enough game time at their teams. That, teams. that they didn't really make the, they justify, didn't make the yeah, cut. Yeah, because yeah. if you look at the under 17 team that we have, I mean, if you look at the players that make the cut for the first time, Yuli Ru yeah, got to be part yeah. of the team for the first time at under 20 level in a major tournament, you know? Mm, uh, mm. You had him coming in. You had the, the new sensation, Tashik Matthews just signed for Roger Dudmont. I've mm. been uh, given a chance uh, to, to come in and be part of a team also. Mm. He came off the bench most of the time. But over and above that, you realize that the teams that are playing in the international first division who are giving these young players a chance to play are the ones that are literally giving these boys to play more than the senior teams in the Premier Division are doing. Yes, And that yes. goes back to, if you have a situation where the technical side, the technical team at national team levels is not at the same level as the technical team at the team level, at a club level that are running the football in a country, you always want to have this problem. Because whatever you want to have been addressed is not going to get addressed because mm. the team will tell you, I have my own mandate as a coach mm. for my team. Mm. I don't sit to the same mandate you're sitting with at your level, association level. So you cannot expect me to feed you players when I have to feed my family. Hmm. That's your challenge already. Yeah. And then there's also another issue that, and I think we've had this discussion a lot about. Mm. I love youth football. And I believe that what SASFA was doing what Transnet School of Excellence was doing over the years for us, we need to understand what School of Excellence was. Mm. And we need to talk about the players that have come from School of Excellence mm -hmm. that you have now started saying it is useless and start saying no. If you're saying it is useless, why do you have these players we're talking about mm. that are always linked to School of Excellence and, and they continue to career. produce this And they continue to come out. Yes. Come out. Yes. So we, we are sitting in a situation as a country and, and that's a point when you're talking about the point when he says, until we start moving away from the badges of our clubs that we support and start having the main badge being the badge of the national team mm. and whether with pride around the country, yeah. move around with pride around the country, yeah. we will not be able to pick up even the smallest mistakes that happens because all you're thinking about is Paris is doing well, I'm okay. Mm. If she's mm. doing well, I'm okay. The day the national team not doing well and I start looking at the number of players that are coming from Paris are not there, my team is not, so that's why they're to lose. Uh -huh. I'm not saying, we should be saying, what went wrong for the national team? Don't say my whether, team was whether, not represented yeah, your well. your team was represented or not. That's our problem mm. that we have. And mm. once we can deal with that, I think that comes, but that comes back to the same thing of saying the technical team we have at national team level should have the support and enjoy the support of the technical teams and the different teams in the mm. country mm. for you to be able to have the one mandate and one goal being the national team being put first. You know, and I know um, Brian is even from um, a tournament now. 
um, I think one of the other challenges uh, is because there was also the under 17 tournament yes. that was taking place now uh, in Botswana. In Botswana, yes. Yes. Uh, the Region 5. Yeah. And Coach Mlefunseki was there, in fact, with the bulk of the team that they played in, now yeah, in, in, Mauritius. In, in, in Mauritius. But, you know, speaking to some of the national team coaches, you get the. F- <laughs> There's something interesting. I was doing an interview um, when the team returned this past weekend. Yeah. Um, with the HOD, Mr. Chek Maruleke. He's, yes. He's also now he's the, um, he's the head of the technical committee. And it's interesting that he was talking about the brand of football that Amajita were playing. And when you look at the junior national teams, you look even at the women's teams. In fact, Banyana Banyana for me, the brand of football uh, that Banyana Banyana is playing yeah. is the type of football that I'm saying, yeah, no, this is my national team. But you go to the senior men's team, Bafana Bafana, something totally different. It's not something that you identify with as a soft game to say, ah, no, that is our game. Right. And that should be the job of a person who is leading the technical side yes. at the FA. Yes. The, Surely the, 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 the style yeah, the, must the, be the, dictated from the top the, all the, the way the, to the, the bottom. The, the technical male director and, female. And, 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 and all those things, yeah. you know. But, uh, Ish, you know, it's, it's just that... Are you saying that Banyana operating outside of Neil's mandate? No, if, no, no, no. If they're so different? No, no, no. Not Ooh. just Banyana. Yeah. Banyana and the junior national teams. Okay. Watch, watch them so play. So all of those are operating watch, watch, differently. Watch, watch them play. So what is that saying about fact, the relationship Maybe let's between... pose this question to Brian. Yeah. Because Brian is always there. Yes. And he's always fo- following the ball. Yes. So Brian, between Bafana Bafana and everyone else? They're playing differently. Who's the, who, who is the reason for the difference? Listen, I, I'll tell you one thing. If you look at the, the, the head coach, yeah. the appointment of the head coach of Bafana Bafana was done on the technical team that you have now. Okay. The appointment of the of yes. done now. Yes. The appointment. So you, all, you, you can't separate the two. So, so the, the appointment, the, 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 the other thing. person was appointed now within with, with the technical team that we have now is, is the under 17 coach for the women. The others were all appointed before. Yeah. The others were all sitting instructed, they're sitting in. And you can you can see the understanding of how the under 17 and I'm leaving Turkey play, the under 20s under Tabos Nong play. It's it's similar. Yeah. It's it's carbon copy. Mm-hmm. You can see that it's this is where we are going. Yeah. And the twenty threes when I went to Brazil, they were more going mm-hmm. to us when when they were playing in a build up to the tournament, yeah. playing in Senegal, they played the same system in the seventeen and the twenties. When they got to the tournament proper, they changed. It became a fun of a fun, which doesn't help. And this doesn't help yeah. because then there's a structure that we understand. Because I was talking to the, the I was talking to the Angolan coach. Mm. Pedro Suarez Congals, you know, saying he's he's been appointed. This is now when you look at. Let's go to the structure. I want to talk about structure now. Yeah, yeah. The Angolan man who's sitting now as the junior coach for all the Angolan teams. He was first working for Sporting Lisbon mm-hmm. as the youth coordinator for all the youth teams mm-hmm. yeah. at Sporting Lisbon. Right. Youth coordinator. Youth coordinator for, that for, for, no. sporting, for yeah. sporting Lisbon. For sure. He was therefore appointed and stolen from there by Pedro by, by, by Premier de Augusto, Premier de Augusto yeah. to say we want you to run our premier te- our, our, all our junior teams yes from under 15 17 and under 20 and all the way yeah right right he was running the structure the structure was doing so well that the Angolan FA came and took him with the technical that they brought in and said 
we like what you're doing on Premier League also mm. because we can see the players that are coming up. Mm. Can you join this team, this side, and join the under 17, under 15? So they ran a camp for Angola. Mm. Hence, Angola missed the under 17, Kosafa, for 26, 2017. Mm -hmm. Because they knew that the 2018 edition will be a qualifier for the AFCON, the AFCON. and a qualifier for the World Cup. Mm -hmm. That's what they knew that it was going to be. So in the two years, they went on traveling and playing against all the Portuguese-speaking nations mm -hmm. within a 17-team. Mm -hmm. So when they went to the under-17 tournament in Mauritius in July, the other under-17 team was playing in a yeah, tournament. Yeah, an extra team, eh? Yes. Yeah. The, the team was playing somewhere mm. in an under-17 tournament, right. under-19 under tournament for all Portuguese-speaking nations yeah. with the players at under-17 level. The player became the best player in the tournament in 17 in Mauritius. Zito. Who was Zito. Zito mm. Luvumbo. Yeah. Mm. Who was the best player of the tournament was graduated into the under-20 team. And he became the man of the match in the third place playoff match mm. with his first start of the tournament. Mm. Having come on the bench in three matches and supplier of goals and how they've won. Right. So that guy is also in charge of the same Angola team we want to meet at under-23 level. Uh -huh. He's the same man in charge of the same team. So he's sitting under-17, under-20, under-23 the same technical team is the same setup mm. for those structures. <laughs> so and if you have the same guy sitting in those three national teams, building up to the senior team, and he also sits in the same bench and watching the national team, the senior team play. So if you have the structure in place and that structure works so well, the structure, and then Angola comes in with a very young team yeah. at the under 20 level and finish third. And they held they help Amatita for a long time. Before eventually won by one goal to nil, mm. and they were they played and they played the best football I've seen at that level in a long time. You see, this is what we're talking about. Yes, that in South African football, Safa and also even at the PSL clubs, that's why you see most clubs um, don't even have identity. Mm, of course, this coach comes to this team. He changes he, the identity. He changes this, and then this coach leaves. Then he comes. The next one does he, what you know, he wants to th do. There's no identity. As opposed to saying, "This is how we do things here." Yes. As a coach, make it happen. Because the clubs don't prioritize what Brian has just spoken about. Mm. Now, the technical, the direction. technical structure, mm. the technical direction. Mm. You know, you know, clubs comes uh, and. I don't like this thing of always comparing to European teams. Mm. Clubs here on the continent, uh, it's just spoken about uh, uh, Angola now. Mm. You go to even your DRC, Dissimo um, Temapembe, S Vita, Tipi Mazembe, you go to clubs in North Africa mainly. You will never see a team there operating without a sporting director, what we call here a technical director. Mm. In fact, even when a team is not doing well, before they fire the coach, they right. fire the technical director. Sure. Because that is where the technical direction exactly. is, is coming from. He's got from. the mandate to then implement. Up, 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 up until we prioritize. Uh, and that's why Safa is moving to the direction where now they are coming with a technical authority to oversee the national teams, to be a link between... Uh, because remember... Um, the technical committee of SAFA is, is more political because it's also led by someone who sits in the council. Yeah. But you need the technical heads um, to, to, to look at, at these things. You yes. know? So, and this is, this is where I feel for me, Brian. I'm surprised that the PSL till today doesn't have a TSG, a technical yeah. study group, you know, where you can say, okay, these people are observing 
um, where PSL football is at the what, moment. What are the trends? What, what are, are the, the trends? Yeah, exactly. um, midway half the season, mm. they can even give out a report to say, okay, mm. in this first half of the season, uh, like now, like now, now in December or even next month, we can say, okay, this is where the PSL is now. Mm. Yeah. This is, you know, because as broadcasters, um, but I mean, do you think there's enough of a hunger from, you know, if I look at like the States, like stats, statistics are a huge part of their sporting culture. But Kamza, we, we, let me tell you, <laughs> Is we, that... we, 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 we need to go there. Yeah, if, 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 we do. If you, if, you want to, if you want to change the way things are done, mm. we, 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 we need to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, you know I, I sit as a broadcaster every now and mm. then, and I say, if I'm a broadcaster and I can still be able to go to a venue and cover a match without knowing the 22 players mm. on a field of play. They're starting 11 only mm. for both teams mm. yeah. and not and, knowing and the players see, on the now, bench. This man is an expert. And, 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 when it comes and to I'm stats. sitting there mm. and I'm doing a game and mm. I don't know stuff on players. Mm. What am I saying about my craft? Because then exactly. it says, shows total disrespect, not only to the people who are listening, yeah. but mm. to the players the themselves players. and to the league itself. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it mm. starts there. It starts where we need to start owning up. Yeah. Mm. And it owns up on all angles. You've got to be able mm. to own up and saying. How are we selling our brand? Because I'm telling you now, if you want the same patriotism that you find in rugby and cricket, mm-hmm. we must do what rugby and cricket is doing. Because any player that plays and dons the jersey of the Springboks or the Proteus, we are literally bombarded with stats and numbers about the player. Mm-hmm, of course. So when a player plays over fun, about fun. It's the fine details, right? That's, the, the, that's, that's what, what separates elite so from... So these guys sit down and then when they're drinking after a ball game, they'll say, even though we lost today with Venile playing, by Novelile has these numbers mm. at his level. Mm. So we can have an argument and have a serious debate. Mm. But when you sit at a final of a final level, by the, the caps and everything else, nobody can go back and say from a club level, mm. what is the, what made this man to Down be propelled, mm. propelled to this level? What mm. made him to become this guy that mm. left that level mm. and get to this level where he exactly. is? So that's when you say the TSG part, which is supposed to be linked to the link, it's the leak itself mm. and what happened at the suffer level, mm. is the only way it can be to eliminate that. So when you bring a player into the squad, it shouldn't be about which team they play for, but it should be about how well on merit this player qualifies on merit because mm-hmm. they have done one, two, three, four, five in the last two years. And this is what this player has done in, in his career from day one, he started mm-hmm. playing football to now. So that you can also know that whatever, whoever putting on a full of play mm-hmm. is not just a player we're putting in there because he belongs to a certain group or a exactly. certain agent, exactly. yeah. but he belongs yeah. To the national team, and he's the best player we have at the moment to play that particular position we're playing him in. Based on the numbers, so we need an Opta Jabu. You, know, you get Opta Joe, <laughs> you get Opta Zhao, you get Opta for all of the places where you know what is happening with a player o- all the time. <laughs> I'm going with the J's. I get it. It's Opta Joe, Opta Jabu. We do need more stats in our culture. I mean, I know when I was in broadcast, there was one thing where there was just not enough numbers. You had sites overseas that had more detail about our own players about, uh, yeah. than our own sites. And you, I mean, if you look at most big clubs, it's all about the numbers. It's about the edge, the, the one set second that he did things quicker than the other player those, those are all the fine margins that you're dealing with and it doesn't seem to matter here yeah but you know what i'm more concerned about mm. what i'm more concerned about is the willingness from the football leadership to improve the quality of the game right because uh, look our football uh, for me i feel was stagnating mm. uh, and was uh, isn't uh, isn't anymore no, so no, it was or, or it no, is no, as a stance. No, no, I feel I feel are stagnating right now. Right, you know. Okay, and you know what? There's good young coaches mm. out there. Um, 
with qualifications mm. around the game, but most of them are not getting the opportunity. Sure. You know, um, people go and do the level three and then from there, yeah. there's no involvement for them. Mm. And, I, and I feel that uh, both at SAFA and PSL, the clubs and if you look at the recycling that is happening in the NFT. No, of course. You know, and I feel that if 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 you, you've watched ABC Mutsipe, you will see some beautiful football mm-hmm. there. By the corruption that is also taking place. Sure. But the growth of uh the emissions of young coaches that and are coming up there. With an identity. With, with that identity. Yeah. Because we are we crying about. Yes, yes. Exactly. You know, so exactly. for me, Kamza, I just hope that um Safa mm. and the PSL mm. can improve the quality of our football. And it's easy. It's easy for me. Bring in the experts. And by experts, I don't mean people coming from outside. No, mm. they are guys mm. here at home. Mm. You know? Mm. 